Witchy Ways is a podcast about the journey to unlock the forgotten ways of being in a world that's long taught us to be separated from our bodies, our souls, the world around us, and the other than humans that we share it with. Welcome. I'm your host, Jacqueline Freeman. I am at Flat Rock Baptist Church. in Franklin County, North Carolina. We'll see how long I can podcast before the ants run me off again. You should see my feet. They're just covered in... There's all colors and all kinds, and they all seem to bite and sting. Um, I couldn't really stand anywhere in the cemetery. I'd look for the ant hills, but no matter where I stood, they came and found me and just stung me to pieces. So... Um, as soon as I moved into Franklin County, this kinship wrapped around me. It is a very busy intersection and it's noisy. Um, at least the guy's not cutting the grass anymore, but, um, I just got filled with this warmth and the sense of love for the rolling hills and the forests that are upon them and the crops and the fields. It's clear to me that my people were here and they were here for a long time. The known dead, the oldest known is Francis Marion Freeman. He was born in 1827 in Franklin County and ordained here at Flat Rock Baptist Church. Um, There are some Freemans in the graveyard. There's also lots of stones that are just uh, worn down. Um, Some are bigger than others. Um, Some of the nicer and finer ones you can hardly read, and they would have been his contemporaries. There was one I could barely make out. The person was born in 1820. Um, But there's a lot of markers that are just worn down, like teeth wear down, barely sticking up, the enamel's gone, the writing's gone. So... Maybe those are the graves of some of my people. Maybe they aren't. Um, And it wasn't that long ago. And their names are already lost. There really is a sadness in that. It's a very American sadness, isn't it? That we lose our people so soon. We lose their names. We lose their culture. They come here and they want to forget about what got them here. So they don't pass those traditions forward. 
or just as a pure means of survival. They feel compelled to fit in so people don't know what those cultures were. So my heart must expand today to hold all of this. The love and affection, the sadness and grief, the shame about what must have happened here. What compelled him to leave? It's so beautiful here. Did he feel called to a greater mission or was he running? Both and maybe. From what I can tell, sitting at this intersection, people do not walk quietly on the earth here. They're closely tied to it, but do they not? They do not walk quietly. Dear sweet earth in this place, I beg your pardon. Teach us how to love you with our feet and the way that we walk upon you, move upon you. Those that were here before us knew how to do that. Oh, how softly they walked, how every footstep was a kiss. I could feel it in the forest, back behind the church here. Even with all the leaves and sticks, they knew how to walk softly. Let us learn that again. When I, so I've started the the healing work on this line yesterday, did a little bit more this morning, and the guide that came forward was a lion. Um, My rational brain doesn't really know how to deal with that. (laughs) Um, And I kept asking if it was, you know, like a totem or an affinity, and to please show me the human form but he remained a lion. His name is Tishara. And um, as I was watching how lions live, I was seeing already how my line got this twisted. When I initially had dropped in to do assessment of the health of the line, um, it was really, really broken. And there's a lot of sexual predator energy there. And um, I understood why I have all these problems on the right side of my body. 
I've got arthritis in my knees and hips and it's definitely more defined on the right side. Um, like really crippling on the right side. And watching the lions and the pride, I saw how somebody who is lost and not in right relationship could get it twisted really quickly and turn it into this sort of like harem. A gathering of people they can exploit instead of empower. Um, I understood a lot of that, how you get it twisted, how it could get twisted. And then when I tapped in again this morning, a lot of anger came up. Um, we put those that needed healing are in a den under a big tree and he's huge. He's like as tall as me, uh, just standing. He's not on his hind legs or anything, just on all fours. He's just about as tall as I am. Uh, before I went to bed last night, I did some Googling on whether lions were ever on the British Isles. And uh, they were. They have found bones. And the lions are huge. Much bigger than the lions we know today. Um, so the den is sort of in and under a tree. And uh, the females of the pride were guarding it. Um, and it just brought up this anger in me, like, oh, okay, so the women are going to do all the work here then. What are you doing? Like, what is your purpose? Um, and there has been a lot of anger around that. So I've got a, a lot of healing and forgiveness to do on this line. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of sexual predatorship and my dad is certainly among them. And I was groomed to be their fodder, you know. So I still have a lot of anger about it. Um, so I'm working and I ask the ancestors to help me understand, to be able to listen and understand because my anger is blocking the understanding. I'm running everything through this filter. It's really hard. Um, and I am grateful for his understanding and patience while I muggle through this. Um, but the story that I got this morning was that, um, there had been a man that had done an invocation rite, um, just as these lions were leaving the earth. Um, so apparently they were extinct like 10,000 years ago. Um, but just as they were leaving the earth, this man did an invocation to embody their spirit and for them to live on in him. And apparently it went sideways almost immediately um, because they haven't introduced me to not seeing any like well human ancestors. Um, and there are slave owners on this line. That's my next stop today in um, Chesterfield, Virginia. So that gift of gathering community and empowering their strengths uh, 
to be able to gain more for the common good got twisted into uh, coercion and exploitation and profiteering. Um, and it's very easy to see how that would get translated in a slave system, isn't it? So um, that'll be my next stop today. Uh, and I'll probably podcast a little bit from there too. And then need to do some more processing. It's going to be enough work. Oh, land in this beautiful place. We beg your pardon. May balance be restored. May right relationship with the land, with each other, with the other than humans on the land be restored. May we live in a place of deep love, respect, honor, and harmony with each other. Blessed be. Being in that graveyard in Franklin County, North Carolina, um, and seeing those gravestones that were really worn down, there's a picture of them on the blog post that has the link to the podcast. Um, If you're not listening to this from the website at www.mywitchyways.com, which spelled with a Y, you can see in the picture just how worn down those um, gravestones are. I mean, they're like really old teeth sticking out of the earth. Um, the The writing is long, illegible, and the stone itself is almost completely gone. Um, I saw the same thing in the Friends Ancient Burial Ground in London Grove Township in Pennsylvania, um, where the next record, the next podcast was recorded. Um, the, the stones weren't totally worn down, um, but you couldn't read anything on so many of them. Um, you know, ones from about 1820 or so sometimes you can make out a few things, but it seems like anything earlier than that. And you, you can't read anything on it. And the groundskeeper had told me there in, um, at the back part of the cemetery at London Grove Township, the ancient burial ground is where they have uh, the oldest settlers buried. And um, he's, it's just a field. He said there's, uh, there's no markers because the markers really are a 19th century invention. So, so this isn't that long ago. It really isn't. Like, this is 200 years that we're talking about here, the beginning of the 1800s. Um, and, and those markers are already worn down or, you know, the writing's either worn off or the marker itself is almost completely gone. And it had me really thinking about how often we use the phrase written in stone. So 
uh, suddenly this doesn't mean a lot anymore, you know? Like, uh, we always, when we use this, it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's not written in stone yet. So it's, it's like, oh, once it's written in stone, it's there forever. It's totally permanent. Um, and... And, and so I've, I've been noticing that that is just not the case. Um, it has me thinking a lot in general, right, about the sort of impermanence of our existence. And so I wonder if this 19th century invention or innovation of a headstone um, was some way to try to create a permanent mark for those that have passed, um, but it's just not the case. There were so many headstones in that um, in that cemetery in Franklin County, North Carolina, that were completely gone, and the ants were not completely gone, but you know they're barely sticking out, and the ants were so fierce um, that I wasn't able to stand on the ground and try to sense if any of the bones had, you know, if I had any of those bones in, in my bones running through my veins, if, if our DNA matched up with one another, so to speak. And, um, the ants were just so fierce, I couldn't do it. So, um, so, you know, I probably need to do some journaling on ant medicine and see what was up with that. But, um, uh, so the, it had me thinking about, um, this conversation that I had with some of the rocks at Bernie Falls, California. Um, you know, as, as I'm watching, it's like MacArthur, Bernie Falls, and, um, it was really interesting because you know, you're used to falls sort of coming over the edge of some plateau or precipice and, you know, but at Bernie Falls, the water is coming out not only over the top, there's a major fall near the top, but the water is also coming out from between the layers. So, you know, the falls kind of stretches back a little bit, but you see this water trickling out, um, between these different layers of the rock. And um, so as I was watching it, I, I realized like, wow, that's, that's really gonna wear down. And there was a big group of, you know, boulders that were quite a bit off from where the falls was. And uh, in reading about it later, uh, I learned that those boulders actually used to be like at the beginning of the falls. So the falls are moving backwards. And as that water is rushing over, things become loose and, and then they fall and, and a section crumbles and then the falls move backwards. So um, so I, I asked, I had asked the, the, the boulders there, you know, like, is that scary? So was, there was this one really big boulder sort of in the middle and I asked the boulders that were closer, like, is that scary on that precipice like that? Like, 
knowing any second the water can like come into that crack and wear it away enough that that it just tumbles over and and the rocks kind of laughed at me <laughs> a little bit and um they were like oh no honey sweetie <laughs> like if we were upset about change we would be upset all the time look I used to be a mountain I used to be part of a mountain and now I'm this boulder and someday I'll be a pebble and someday I'll be sand on a river bottom and then I'll be swept into the ocean um, and I'll settle down somewhere and get packed in over the years and when the waters shift someday I'll become a mountain again and it starts all over Mm. Man, leave it to a rock to give you the long view, right? So these things that we see as being so immovable and permanent are constantly changing. And there's not this grief and self-pity and you know, about the change. They, they, they're not having an identity crisis because they're no longer a mountain. Um, this is all just part of the process. There's so much to learn there, isn't there? Um, just in our own aging process, for example. Um, the way things shift and change in society, so many levels. You know, if if a boulder that used to be a mountain can know that it will one day be a pebble and then a grain of sand and be fine with all of that, knowing that again one day they will be the mountain, then what are we fussing about? Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks for listening. If you're not already, subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like more information about my van build or travels to get my feet in soil to hear what she has to say, then go on over to www.witchyways.com. That's spelled with a Y instead of an I. And uh, gotta be weird and wild about it, you know? So may your heart mind, eyes, ears, and life be open to the magic and connection that surrounds us all the time. Blessed be.